holy shit, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to intro this. Like, holy shit, what the fuck happened yeah. over the holiday break when out of nowhere, we get this UFO news that drops mm -hmm. coming out of the Pentagon. I think holy shit is a great response <laughs> to that article. Um, I thought you dismissed me and wanted me on the show, but now I know we're going to talk about it. It was a little bit no, of both. Okay. Both, but, <laughs> I mean, it's sooner than we thought. Um, yeah. Look, what occurred over that holiday weekend has huge implications, and most people are not really seeing what those connections are. We, people don't even have the right questions to ask at this time. So let's go through the basics mm -hmm. of what we know, what happened. So the New York Times, in tandem with Politico, put out an article, and this article stated a few very important things. The big headline that everybody picked up on is that there was a $22 million budget directly, uh, it was a black program, black money, directly to the Pentagon or with the Pentagon, with the Department of Defense. Can I interrupt you really yeah. fast and say, for those people that don't know, and that might include me, uh, what is considered <laughs> black money? So anything that is not directly shown to Congress, you know, they might know there's a black project, but when money is funneled in a way that is not going to be subject to public scrutiny, that would be considered black money. So e essentially it's just a budget. Harry Reid really championed this $22 million, which is a drop in the fucking bucket. We learned publicly now about a program called AATIP, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Essentially, that's a very small program. Every intelligence agency in America studies the UFO phenomenon. Every intelligence agency has a program. They've identified one. As far as we know, the American public, our tax dollars, ended in 1969 with the conclusion of Project Blue Book. But now we know that, in fact, there was a program studying UFOs. Now, next newsflash, not only was there funds that were allocated to studying the uh, you know, AAV, Anomalous Aerial Vehicles, or they're calling it AAT, Anomalous Aerial mm -hmm. Threats, because that's how you get money, is to show that there's a national security issue, which there is from a lot of perspectives. So the money was funded, we know about AATIP, but there were some hidden things in that article that were very, in those articles that were very small and people have yet to really grasp or pick up on because that is so huge to begin with. We also had footage come out. And again, the chain of command directly through the Department of Defense, the Pentagon in particular, and they, they show these vehicles operating in ways that are completely uh, inverse to what we know of modern day physics. And we have FLIR videos that show these objects. I happened to be involved in understanding a case way prior to this, and it's the case that was pushed forward and in front. It's called the Tic Tac UFO case. The pilot, Commander David Fravor, is the guy going on CNN, BBC, all the networks, mm -hmm. talking about his experience. Currently he's going on. Currently okay. he's been on, is going on. There was just a Boston Globe article. He's been on CNN, ABC. I mean, every network you can imagine picked up this story. So, you know, bullet points, you got this project that's there. We know it was funded with a certain amount of money, kind of championed by Harry Reid. We know that this was a black project, and it's admitted to. We've got two out of three promised videos, although there are most likely a lot more is what I'll say. So two, and they show these objects, these vehicles. One was, they're calling the gimbal, and it looks like this kind of object, like a gimbal, and it, it's moving really uniquely. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the tic-tac. So now all of a sudden the public sees 
you know, Department of Defense videos of these, and they have something called near misses. When you have things in the air and you are flying, you have to make sure that, A, number one, you don't crash into something. So this is a threat on just that level alone, mm -hmm. despite the advanced technology, despite wondering if it's another nation, despite all that, that alone is big. So we've got the videos, we've got the acknowledgement of the group, we have a pilot who's come forward, Commander David Fravor, uh, and again, I was working on that case for two years before it ever became public, and I, I sat on that information. Uh, if I had custody of any of those videos, they were classified. They never got out through my hand. But the, those two came out. Now, the biggest thing I want to clarify to begin, the, the get-go, people put D Commander David Fravor on the TV, and they start playing the gimbal, as they call it, footage, when he's talking. That was not That's from the one, the video that right. you're seeing on all the articles and Right, stuff. that's one of the two. Okay. That's not a video from the series of incidents that happened in 2004 off the coast of California, the Nimitz carrier uh, strike group or whatever, the, you know, that's the Tic Tac event. Mm -hmm. That footage is also out, but they often confuse that. So I want to clarify that to people is right now. Is that just accidental? There's no... News guys, you yeah. know, they, they go like in, they throw up footage, and no one cares to clarify that much. You don't see on the monitor what's being shown anywhere. Sure. But I want to clarify specifically something today. So that is that uh, Commander David Fravor, was involved in the 2004 Tic Tac experience, and that footage is out. That's the other one, the little mm -hmm. glob. See if you can pull that up. The, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that is what I have here in this Washington Right, that Post is the article. one, that yeah. is the one. So, and, and interestingly enough, when I was gonna go on a Coast to Coast show to talk about this case prior to it ever coming out through New York Times or anything, that video was leaked online that morning and mm -hmm. sent to me. It was like a gift, because it didn't come from my hand. That's really neat. I could talk about it more openly then. Anyway. So you've got these two videos. Mm -hmm. Now the gimbal one, it's real important to understand, it is not from the 2004 Nimitz events. It is a completely separate series of events that has not been clarified by the Department of Defense or by anybody. And I will just say because it's gonna come out soon, uh, I have a number of sources that, that obviously I work with over these years that video, the gimbal one, is from a separate series of events, and I'll say it's off the East Coast, and it's actually only three years old. It was early in 2015. Really? And wow. Yeah, and that is something that has not been reported on. I have known it for quite some time uh, from various peoples. I, I trust that information greatly, and I think that will be clarified, and people can look back at this and, and see if I was right. But at this point, they're lumping it in with the Nimitz. Yeah, it is a confusion. Now, not, yeah. a, not a huge deal, except the devil's in the details right. with all of this. That, Im that implies something very different. That implies a frequency of these events, maybe even an escalation, that causes the Department of Defense to want to uh, address this in a different way. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes, but those are the bullet points. The bullet points, again, are this identification of AATIP, this group, right? Mm -hmm. Also, uh, the, you know, the Commander Fravor coming forward, these videos coming out, they're not leaked, they came out through declassification. They are out. Yeah, they're out, they got, they got put out by the government, not because somebody was like, I snuck this out somehow, mm -hmm. and now here's my sketchy ass file. Yeah, to clarify, someone with, within the government, uh, Lou, Lou Elizondo, he had the role of being in charge of AATIP, which is again, uh, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. So he was able to get some of these declassified and then legally put them out. So technically, yes, 
by our Department of Defense because of his position, but then he t went away from employment and went to private employment with To the Stars, which is Tom DeLonge's group. So mm -hmm. he, he's out, but these are declassified. There are two things I want to bring up, however, that people just did not, it did not register because there's no platform to understand them until now. Every road, every bit of this, every dollar of this project, of, of what was announced, leads back, funny enough, to Skinwalker Ranch, which as you know, I've been working on the definitive documentary mm -hmm. film that hasn't been able to be put out about that. So, so we'll talk about that. But uh, I, I, the important point here, I think, is that everything that's come out, it's so much to digest. We are talking about craft of unknown origin that operate in a way that seems to defy, or I would say better, operates off of a type of physics that we might be unfamiliar with. Now, this is foreign technology. But everybody involved, the pilots, everybody, the way that it moved, we do not have that type of technology as humans. So that's the, that's the big news. We have some sort of information that's come out telling people, hey, there is something out there. It is far beyond anything that we can do. Mm -hmm. And it is with impunity flying through our airspace. And in fact, pilots have engaged these objects or tried to engage th these objects with weapons. Mm-hmm. That is now out. One of the people I talk with, his name is Robert Salas. I think his story is really important right now. Uh, back in, uh, I think it's the 60s, he was in command of 10, I believe, Minuteman missiles, so intercontinental ballistic missiles. These are our nation's first defense. And he came out at the citizen hearing and said that he was in command of these missiles and he was operating in the silo and all were shut down in succession. They're on an independent system. That was done as a UFO comes in onto the base. Like and they saw it with their own eyes? Yes, they had people above the silo uh -huh. reporting into him as his missiles were going down. Now this is not an isolated event. So you have a technology, no matter where it's from, that can show force leave our nation vulnerable by shutting down our most powerful weapons. This happened during a, an eight-day period twice, twice. His was at Maelstrom Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. There's like 15 silos, you know, hundreds of miles away or whatever, a bunch of them, a network. Happened twice. He came forward, thought that he had declassified his sighting, his experience. It was another one. We also know it happened in Russia around the same time. So we're talking about advanced technology that is leaving nations vulnerable. Now, at the same time, Robert, Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Do you think that is a show of force by whoever is doing this, or do you think that's more of a testing or a combination of both? Like, can we do this? Okay, let's test it here, let's test it there. Oh, it was no problem it like to do it. It was no problem. They know exactly what mm -hmm. part of the warheads were taken out. Yeah. It was not an issue for this technology. But I want to clarify, you know, Robert Salas, he does not believe it was, it was a show of force for sure, but he does not believe that was a threat. You know, he, he felt it was a message, you know, to be, to be fucking careful. Yeah. So that's his opinion. Now, of course, people that want money within the government will focus on that and say that's a threat. And I understand that. It left our nation vulnerable to a degree. 
Uh, however, if you take Robert Salas's point of view, it, it was a message. You're playing with fire. Doesn't matter. Now we have proof. Oh, we've had it before, but now the public can really engage. Fox News is engaging it. Mm -hmm. We have proof of advanced technology engaging human technology, and this is now out, and it's just the tip of the spear. There is so much more that's coming out. Now, the, the, the two things left out from the articles that people didn't really pick up on, and I want everybody to start digging into this, because these are key. One, they mention Skinwalker Ranch in one of the articles, right? The, the, this is the ranch um, yeah. that I'm doing the film on. Mm -hmm. Which article do you remember? I, I, you know, I think it was the Politico one. It's in either the New York Times or Politico that because of uh, Robert Bigelow and how the 22 million uh, kind of was funded and then he picked up the contract. Mm -hmm. And that's, we're gonna talk about some of that so everybody understands that connection. But they mention Skinwalker Ranch, which is important and interesting and amazing. People haven't picked up on that. They also mention two other things that I find very important. One is the uh, store housing of alloys or materials associated with these, you know, craft, these non-terrestrial craft, these UFOs, AAPs, uh, or sorry, UAPs, AAVs, AATs, whatever you want to call them, it doesn't matter. It, you know, materials, actual physical materials. So at one point, we do know that material associated with UFOs was housed in Las Vegas hmm. at Bigelow Aerospace. Now this is in the news, I'm not saying anything that, that that's not. People just didn't pick up on it. That's important if we have physical evidence, because you know my last film. How did they get their hands on this stuff? Well that's all yet to be told. That story is all yet to be, I didn't, nothing about that is, is public, uh, but that key point is, and people should pick up on that, physical materials. That will become really important. How do you prove? A material is not created by humans. You know how is that done? And you people test it to make sure that it's not from Earth, right? Sure. And w what do you test? You can, f for that reason, you can test isotopes. Isotopes tell you the origin uh, of uh, of an element. So if you have zinc 64, which is one I was working with a lot, that one you can tell by the isotopic ratios if it's from the Moon, from the Andromeda Galaxy, where it's from. But really, I think what you're going to find, and this is again what I find really important, is it's the atomic layering of these things. We don't have uh, the ability to perfectly atomic layer. Graphene, we can put in these she atomic sheets of three to seven degree variants. They make it the strongest substance of, on Earth. Uh, I have a couple pieces of it. It's, it's a superconductor. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's an amazing material. Uh, if you take it, I should have brought it with me, man. You push it into ice, it feels like a hot knife through butter, and then it goes, boom, super cold. That's because of the atomic layering. So one way we can tell a technology is beyond human capability is absolutely the ratios of the isotopes and, and how it was constructed, but more importantly, the atomic layering. I hope that that's uh, something that we're going to you know, learn more about is whatever was storehoused. Let's, I wonder about the atomic layering. I wonder about the way it was laid down and to what degree, because we know our capabilities here on Earth and, and what wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. and the last thing, <coughs> last thing in the article that I think is really important, and it was a whisper, and there's no way to follow up on it at this point, but there will be soon, I, I hope, which is that they admitted, I think this is the Politico article, that there were scientific studies done on the biological effects of close encounters with mostly military and pilots. So just unpack that for a second. There is a study, I'm sure it's very intensive, done on the impacts biologically 
of sustained close encounter experience. Now the article just touched that there was something about mm -hmm. this. I hope more of that comes out. It's quite mm. fascinating. Kind of like topic. close encounters of the third kind where they all have radiation burns and things like that. Yeah. I mean, of, of, no, I'm not saying that's what that is, but I'm just that's that one, kind of thought a, process is that what The aspect checking? is if you have prolonged exposure to a, to a UFO, mm -hmm. uh, are there biological impacts to that? You know, I like to say to the phenomenon, I believe from, well, the evidence shows me that UFOs is a very small aspect of a much larger phenomenon. Skinwalker Ranch and my work on that, which we're going to get into today, is very exciting. That proved that to me. UFOs is a small part of a bigger phenomenon, but yeah, it's about the physiological and psychological effects of prolonged exposure to the phenomenon, which includes UFOs. Mm -hmm. So what's the tie-in then between this particular sighting, or sightings, I guess, now that we're, we know of the two, mm -hmm. um, and then the Skinwalker Ranch, is it just that they're storing these alloys that they think are just UFO-based, I guess, or just, I don't know how to reference it, what would be the proper term? Because it's not. So you know, you could you could say. Otherworldly, I guess. Sh sure, whatever. So not from here. So you have yes. alloys, or you have materials that are not from here, right? Yeah. Uh, associated with UFO experiences. No, uh, the connection is so much deeper than that, and uh, this is the time I think to start making that connection. So I have a film, and I am going. I'm on a rush job for it. I've got two films in 2018. One will be the Bob Lazar story, mm -hmm. most important UFO story in the history of UFOs. This is a wild story. But Skinwalker Ranch, I, I, I just finally put that on the front burner. I am jamming on this film, and it's coming out because it's so current, what's going on. The connection between Skinwalker Ranch and the events you see here, we start with something very basic. The $22 million um, that Harry Reid championed you know, to, to get as a black budget program that uh, you know, is now kind of in the news and in the media, and the reason one of the articles pointed to the ranch, all of that, all of that was because of Skinwalker Ranch, because of the phenomenon, or the phenomena that are going on at that ranch. That uh, convinced the DIA to partner with Bigelow Aerospace and do an intensive scientific study, actually the largest scientific study of a paranormal hotspot in history. So all of that was allocated because of the ranch. Now Bigelow, he was already interested in this. This is Robert Bigelow. He's got two orbiting space stations of his own. He created an inflatable called Beam that he attached to the International Space Station, which is an inflatable habitat. Uh, he intends on colonizing the moon and Mars with his inflatables. I mean, this guy is like the most interesting man in the world. And he's been interested in the, in the UFO topic. And then I think that that pulled him in to a much deeper understanding when he purchased Skinwalker Ranch. This is all done in secret. This, being able to talk about this now is really exciting, right? He had a, a group he put together called NIDS, the National Institute of Discovery Science. And this was a group of PhD level scientists that would on the ground with a rapid response team study the events at the ranch. The events go across the spectrum to some of the most astounding, unbelievable sounding uh, things, but UFOs are included. I mm -hmm. think that was the initial interest. So you've got NIDS studying this ranch. We're fast forwarding now 20 something years later. We now find out through these releases that the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is the intelligence branch of the Department of Defense, 
that they partnered with Robert Bigelow's NIDS group, created this other group called BAASS, BASS, which is Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. And that in fact, that program, BASS, was a DIA and private industry uh, scientific study to focus on the ranch and try to understand what this phenomenon is and how it impacts our national security. Again, I'm not saying anything that you can't find now. That was out. Hey, I'm confused. So NIDS is a group he started after he bought the ranch to study kind of paranormal in general, like a hot, like a, um, umbrella study. But then BASS is NIDS and the DIA working together specifically for Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, specifically okay. so BASS. So it's not just uh, uh, umbrella paranormal study. It is what are they specifically studying at the ranch? Just the ranch itself and why this is, seems to be a hot spot? Well, yeah, let, let's go over what happened at the ranch and why it got the attention of our national defense. You know, uh -huh. what, what is so big there that they, they have to choose that spot? There are a multitude of hot spots uh, you know, around the world, but why this one? Why was the, the money funded, uh, the 22 million? You know, why did the DIA you know, partner with Bigelow Aerospace to create this bass entity? So for example, there is a book called Hunt for the Skinwalker by my mentor in journalism, George Knapp, mm -hmm. and his co-author is uh, Dr. Colm Kelleher. Dr. Kelleher, uh, they wrote this book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, and they, they outline the NIDS study. At the time they did it because the, the, the activity was dwindling to a degree, and they said, well, let's find out if there are more places like it. Turns out they found out there are, but it came back. The phenomenon was encouraged again or something. So in that book, they detail these studies by NIDS under Robert Bigelow with Colin Kelleher, Dr. Kelleher being the head of that scientific endeavor. And for years, they studied at the ranch all of, of these activities that, that were going on. And then at some point, it caught the eye of our national defense. And we now know we, that money was spent to study this. To study the UFOs. The UFOs and mutilations, uh, psychological disturbances, I mean, you name so it. So that's what you're talking about, the other stuff that the ranch is known for, is okay. like, because I, I, I know yes. of the appearances of, for lack of a better phrase, maybe the doppelgangers, which mm -hmm. is how it got its name in the first place, because it's taken from the, uh, what was it, the Native American? The Navajo and the yeah. Utes tribe have, uh, you know, the skinwalker. The skinwalker mm -hmm. is a very evil, you know, kind of entity in the, in the lore and understanding of the, the Ute Nation, the Ute tribe, as well as Navajo. So yeah, Skinwalker, it, that is a metaphor used in the book mm -hmm. um, because it needs to encompass all these types of activities. So let, let's nail them down. So you, you've got somebody on the ranch who's a very intelligent uh, you know, individual who, who deals with cattle. You have mutilations of cattle, violent you know, mutilations, violent mutilations. And they, and they were able to, to study this like all the blood being drained out, certain parts, uh, organs taken out. I mean, the classic mutilation. They have odd and strange uh, orbs and lights that are constantly moving around at different times, uh, inducing or invoking fear in people, like an artificial fear, as some of the scientists would say. It's like the object is there. You, you're not supposed to, you wouldn't fear a blue light, but it, it imposed this incredible fear. In fact, some of those experiences seem to have followed people. This is something I just blew my mind. But once, if you've had an experience at the ranch or in the whole area, because the ranch is just the most scientifically studied part 
of the Uinta Basin. The entire basin has so much activity. I have been filming and working on this, talking with witnesses for a number of years, but I'm, I'm picking up where my mentor, George Knapp, started. He started this you know, almost 20 years ago. So policemen, police chief, uh, locals that have lived there for 30 plus years, ranchers, you know, it's hard to get people to talk with you. You need to earn that trust. But I think their book, George's and Dr. Kelleher's book, earned the trust. So we've had breakthroughs. We've, we now have a great relationship with the Ute Nation and the tribal elders and the tribal police. And mm -hmm. the stories are now being told just now. So the whole area is, is historically 17 generations goes back these stories. This area has always been a hot spot, but the ranch, that's the studied spot, government and personal, that spot's been studied. So what else happens on the ranch? I mean, huge cookie cutter, hundreds of, of pounds of soil just lifted out of the ground. They, they don't know why, they're in circles. Uh, you've got these creatures, sightings of creatures. I mean, like creatures that don't exist anymore, dire wolves, you know, they're, mm -hmm. that's the best description of these creatures. And they, these, are, these are from skeptics. These are from scientists and local people. So everything from paranormal where, you know, things go missing or, you know, a, a, a hole digger is, a, you know, I don't know, 30 pounds or something is up in a tree a couple hundred feet, you know, had just gone missing. Just weird paranormal stuff like it's fucking with people. All the way down to, I mean, again, the, there are there were some violent acts. There were, there were these dogs that were just completely obliterated by these beams of light. So I've talked with witnesses who have seen this stuff. I've been to the ranch a number of times. There, there, there is something going on there that got the attention of the United States military and our Department of Defense. That is something, that is something to think about. So where do they think all of this, like why Skinwalker Ranch? Why would it originate there? Why is it such a hot spot? Is it a hot spot because of what Bigelow and now uh, our government are working on, and this is just the after effects of it, kind of like how everybody talks about, what's the name of that island? Um, the one that Stranger uh, Things is based on. Are you talking about Montauk? Montauk kind of thought process. Or is it that it's just always been here, it's a part of nature, and they're just trying to tap into that power? Like, where does it, where do, where do people think? Th this phenomenon has been here probably before recorded human history, it appears. I mean, you can go back to public record. And well, I was just going <laughs> yeah. through the, the site of like classifying different entities at Skinwalker, and one is the Cthulhu slug. Oh, no oh, shit. Really? It was literally, as you said Cthulhu, I read that, and when you said direwolf, I was God, reading about the direwolf. Only 10 minutes? God damn it. Um, I only have 10 more minutes left. Are you serious? And oh there's something I'd never heard of before. We don't have to get off on a tangent about water babies, but water babies. No, I've heard, of, I've actually that? interviewed a What's lot of people of, myth, about though? that. Well, so look, you know, here's, here's the, the, the big point. The big point is this story has not been able to be told. Uh, George Knapp was able to be part of those studies in that he was able to record. He was going to make a documentary about this, but kind of handshake agreement. When you're allowed into something so secretive, you say as a journalist, you're not going to make a film on it. You're not going to tell us it. You, you don't do it. You, you stay within those lines so that you can keep reporting and be a trusted journalist. But uh, I was able to go through a, the Akashic Record, an archive. I have a piece of that on my website of these documents and videos and all of this stuff now, you know, the, the day has changed. The time has changed. There's a new owner mm -hmm. to the ranch. And uh, 
you know, the, the whole game has changed. So because of George's hard work all those years, I'm able to make my own documentary now. The, the documentary he couldn't make at the time because of his agreements. But I have that footage, and I have those documents, and I'm really excited because this is stuff no one has ever seen and, and probably we thought never would see. And in 2018, not long from now, the definitive uh, Skinwalker Ranch documentary film will pick up from where George started and, and all of that stuff, whatever I can get, you know, mm -hmm. and it's going to be part of this film and you will learn a lot about Skinwalker Ranch and its ties to everything I'm telling you now. You know, everybody should pay attention. Be aware. What you learned in those media reports, it's big. Bigger than you think. And I'm going to draw those connections in the film directly back to the ranch and you're going to learn a lot about it. The activities on the ranch, what happened up to current day. So that's, nice. I'm excited. Wow. So. Do you have a question you want to ask? No, I just, this oh. is so much. I it is so much. I mean, in a good way. Why is it? You know, it's great. Why did it blow up right before the holidays? Was it that yeah. people were hoping that people were going to be hanging out at the house and checking Twitter and so it would actually like pick up and spread like wildfire, which it did. Or opposite, were they hoping people were so would, busy gonna, with the holidays? Because I feel be like it was kind of a combo of both of those yeah. things where it took off like wildfire for like a day or two and then interest is gone because Trump said something and now everybody's refocused right. on, well, on him. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, the interest is not gone. It is there. It's, br people, it's brewing. People are starting to learn how to relate to that. There's more coming. But Harry Reid himself, in a report uh, with George Knapp, said that they were, there was the only on-camera interview Harry Reid gave about this topic, and he said, we are looking to get uh, congressional hearings. So I think that's the, the focus. I, I don't know the timeline, why it came out exactly at that time. It's a culmination of a perfect storm that it came out at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So who, who knows when it came out, but it, there's more coming out. It's gonna be fascinating. Just try to grasp the basics for everybody of what those articles said. Go reread them and pay attention to what I said. It all leads back to Skinwalker Ranch. Interesting. Okay, I wonder if I'm going to want to check that out. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I saw the article, I mean, I, I reading it, you can tell they're kind of dancing around it, or I, sh I should say, not dancing around it, but like lightly touching upon the fact that they're basically saying aliens exist. Mm -hmm. They've come to Earth uh, currently and in the past, and that the government full-heartedly believes in it. Uh, but I never, but I only read the Washington Times article that I think was the first one that dropped or maybe a follow-up, but a, one shortly thereafter. And I didn't see the Skinwalker Ranch stuff, which is why I wanted to It get was just a little a blip, blip in there, huh? but it, the, I, you know, that is such a huge part of it that has been not yet recognized or talked about. So that's why I'm, I'm making this film and able to make this film. Uh, it's gonna be very exciting, but yeah, just go back into it. Just be aware because a lot more is coming out and I'm, I'm very excited. It's and not- you're saying a lot more is coming out. Do you so mean like a more. lot more unreleased documents from the Pentagon kind of stuff? Or do you mean other people coming out with their um, own stories or both? I mean, hope, hopefully both. I'm pretty sure that both are gonna happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, you know, the point is we have just had a little wake up call and people can push it down to where they feel comfortable with it. It's not acknowledgement of aliens or anything like that. I mean, you know, show oh, us, a, yeah, show us an alien. <clears throat> it's not that. What it is, though, is an acknowledgement of a very important interest that our uh, government has in this phenomenon, and that should be encouraging to everybody that's ever, you know, thought or wondered. Th this is acknowledgement of craft that are far beyond the scope of humanity 
to be able to even understand how, how they can were. They not mm -hmm. be aliens, though? Well, that's a great <laughs> question. It, yeah. Whatever it is, it's alien to us. Right. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's you know close or if it's far away. Right. Is it you know are beings coming from oh, other planets? I see what you mean. Or is it interdimensional? Or is it something even stranger? And that's what's interesting. That's the big question. Mm -hmm. One other thing that was reported that not really touched upon, there was resistance to even doing this study, and that was because of religious belief, and that was deep within the intelligence communities. You know, there was a, a religious belief. We, this is dealing with the devil. Do not study this. Hmm. So that is a fact. Wait, 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 wait. Within yes. the government that is studying this, those folks that happened to believe whatever they believe were saying, don't study this because it's dancing with the devil? A small... I feel uh, like when you take that job, you don't really have the right to that anymore? Right. A small minority, a contingency of people uh -huh. within our intelligence and defense community, and this is something I'm not saying for the first time, it's out there if you look for it, that Harry Reid talked about it, that they believed it to be you know, satanic or something against their religion and tried to squash the project. This is the most important stuff we can be studying because it's technologies that could revolutionize our world and it would become uh, more inclusive maybe if we understood who is operating and from where mm -hmm. and what is the intention of those operating these vehicles. And they are vehicles. Wouldn't that be weird if it's like, let's say a couple planets away and it is, for lack of a better phrase, aliens that are just like fucking with their RV cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Or it's us from like the future. Rah. Us from the future, yeah, maybe. That bums you out. It kind of does. <laughs> yeah? I don't know. I don't know. Space and time I mean, I is guess, connected. Yeah, so yeah. Anything's, you know, you, you know what I'd really dig is if it was like alternate dimensions or like Matrix style. Yeah. Then I'd be like, yeah. I'm not saying necessarily machines. I just mean Matrix style as in we're living in a sim, we're all a sim, and, uh, and I'm like, sweet because then once that gets confirmed yeah it's just a matter of finding your the, own code the only bummer would be if uh if a, if a ship landed and the hatch opened up and just a bunch of orbs came out then i'd, I'd be like, like ah, fuck orbs well orbs. The, the evidence actually indicates that it's not just uh beings from another planet traveling through the star system the, the evidence actually shows the the opposite that it's much more complex than that so. mm. why does all this stuff always happen in nevada well, it, it, Skinwalkers, Utah, right? Or Utah. It, or well, the, but, but, but the West or the yeah, desert, yeah. or why not, like, well, why yeah. not, if you really want to make a, a, splash, a splash, like, land in the middle of L.A., or, well, I mean, clearly don't, they don't. don't. D.C., like Mars attacks. Do, yeah, do D.C., or New York. You don't invite the New Yeah, but cl clearly that's not the intention is to make a splash that way. Although, yeah. if you look at the history of UFO sightings, Oddly enough, Wednesdays are the best day to see a UFO. It's really? absolutely incredible. Really? You look at all the reports, Wednesdays are semi-rural areas are also great. Yeah. And what we, we can't <laughs> Sorry, I keep <laughs> Oh no, I just, yeah, we, we can't confuse, you know, government projects from these uh, unknowns. People yeah. try to do that call them bullshit right now because mm. these unknowns have been here far before we even had the ability to fly metal in the sky. So that's a crap answer. Now, some of them can be unidentified and be ours. Of course, it happens all the time. Th this phenomenon is real, and it's been happening a long time, and we're now getting a little taste of starting to understand that. I have a question that, I mean, it's kind of a layman's question, but how did, I mean, how are things declassified and then, and then sent to like DeLong's organization? Like how, did, how does, well, that one do the stars get the- works that got hired by DeLong. But how how were they theirs to share when they were when they originated with 
So, so yeah, it's classification, that's Once a whole other thing. There's, there's year terms, depending on the project, if it's special access or not. Typically, for something top secret, it's 25 years, 10 years for something that's classified secret. Anyway, <coughs> all of that goes out the window when you're talking about these special projects. But you bring up Tom, and I just want to make sure, because everybody has really mixed um, understanding. Mm -hmm. Tom has done something exceptional. Tom put together a panel of really intelligent, skilled individuals and brought them all together at the table to try to work towards a common goal. You know, separate from his business and what they're building, that alone is heroic. Mm -hmm. And I want to, uh, you know, that I, I feel gratitude that he was able to do that. Whether you like him or not, he has done something exceptional. Right. So that group is a great you know, group of minds that is attacking this. And one of those individuals, Lou Elizondo, he actually was the one that got all this declassified for us, for the public. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Now this story is bigger than that. There's so much bigger than any one individual. Yeah. But it's important to see the, the cornerstones that make some of this possible. And I want to give Tom a thumbs up yeah. for that. Uh, you know, we, we might not agree on all things, but we can all agree that uh, what he's done is uh, really good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's a great way to end this. I yeah. need to end this. This is fucking yeah. fascinating. Uh, but we'll definitely have you back on if you anytime you want to come visit, and especially when you're ready with your um, documentary. Oh yeah, awesome. I can't wait. For sure. That also, please yeah. send us tickets because we want to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Awesome. All right. Well, let me give. We got three minutes left, so let me run through my outro here. Um, also, before I start this up, where can people find you? Just for the Twitters of it all. Jeremy Corbell, anywhere in the interwebs. You know, my website is extraordinarybeliefs.com. Everything is on there. Okay, perfect. And guys, you can catch us live on Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. PST here on Nerdist YouTube, uh, projectalpha.com, also now Geek and Sundry's Twitch, mm -hmm. uh, over at twitch.tv slash geekandsundry. You can catch the audio of this podcast tomorrow on Thursdays. Uh, roughly around the afternoon, I'd say 12 to 1-ish, you know, kind of around there. It's a soft launch uh, on iTunes. And then if you missed the show, the live show, and you want to see the live show, you can go ahead and check that out over at projectalpha.com as VOD. Um, also, that gives you a bunch of other shows that you can check out uh -huh. as well as what? Was it 5 or 15% off of everything in the store? 10. I was neither. <laughs> yeah. 10% off of everything in the store, of which you can get one of these amazing Bizarre States mugs or a pin or some other really cool stuff. Uh, for socials, you can follow us over on Instagram at Bizarre States. Our Twitter is at Bizarre underscore States. And then Facebook is also where you can find our show notes and the Bizarre States group, which is there. I've actually just uh, added a bunch of people that were requ uh, yeah, it's pending been requests. Active. It's very active. Um, we kind of let you guys police yourselves. You can talk about whatever you want. That is actually over at facebook.com slash Bizarre States Podcast. Uh, we didn't do listener stories today because I definitely wanted to get as much time as possible with yeah. Jeremy. Uh, but if you have a listener story, feel free to send that to Bizarre States Podcast at gmail.com. And um, I will uh, post pictures. Of Daisy. Of Daisy yeah. over on our <laughs> Instagram. Some nice uh, up close photos. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Jeremy, for Thanks joining us. Thanks for having us. me. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah. Guys, make sure and stick around because we have uh, more shows coming up next here on Twitter and on what? Twitch. On Twitch. <laughs> so much fucking uh, there's so social many, media. There's a lot of platforms, a lot of formats. So much. I mean, yeah. it's haunting, in fact. Oh, it's so much. Uh, do you want to give us our outro? NPR outro? Sure. This Include is Daisy, too. Yes. <laughs> this has been Jessica, Jeremy, Daisy, and Bowser. Aren't we all living in a bizarre state? Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.